Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and thank you for joining us. So let's jump right in. I want to start by reading um, several news articles that have just came out recently, and this one was written to the Chicago Sun-Times, September 22nd. It was a letter to the editor, and here it is. I've been married for 14 years. This is when, when my wife to a man a lot of people in our town think has no flaws. He helps a lot of people, and he is also a pastor, but he ignores me and takes me for granted personally, emotionally and sexually. He'd rather watch TV until he falls asleep on the couch. He looks at pornography online, and I catch him all the time. Even if he's busy at work, he finds time for everybody but me. He always has excuses. Since I married him, I've supported him, and I've gone the extra mile all aspects, his work and his church activities. I have waited on him and made sure all his needs were met. Now I've reached the end of the line I want to leave, but if I do, people who know him will make me the villain. Although we still live under one roof for financial reasons, now I separate myself from him, look after him less, and sleep in another room with my dog. Please tell me what I should do. You know what the tragedy of this is? Is that this woman wrote this letter to a secular newspaper and she, she didn't feel like she could go to the church for help. And we see this all the time, especially from the voice of wives who say they tried to get help with their husband and they went to a church and they heard things like, well, you got to submit to him. You just got to accept that he's a porn addict and move on. Or um, you just need to forgive him and let it go. I have heard these things. I've had wives in my office sobbing their eyes out who have been spiritually abused by the church because they're told basically to stuff it and just you know deal with it. And that's why this woman is going outside of the church. And it's not, we get calls from pastors' wives who are brokenhearted because they don't want to turn their husband in or expose him. They want healing, but they feel like they have nowhere to go. And what I'm trying to show you is this is the church under the hood. We don't always take a real look at the church under the hood. We, um, what do we see on Sunday? Everybody's smiling and playing games. But if we want healing, if we want a spiritual awakening, we have to really come to terms with who we are and what's going on in our midst. And so there's a lot of people in pain with this stuff. September 17th in the Northwest, the headline reads, A former worship leader at a church faces a child pornography charge in Scott County after sexually explicit videos of young girls were found on his cell phone. Every single week, several men in trusted leadership positions in the church 
Sunday school teacher, a youth pastor, sometimes even a pastor, are arrested for child pornography. When somebody gets into child porn, uh, this is one of the darkest evils that can wrap themselves around the person. It is a horrible thing. And this shows the dark side. I mean, porn itself is is evil and wicked and exposing ourselves to, to the demonic realm. But when you go that far, um, you've really fallen deep into the pit. And all this is to show we need to be about the business of setting captives free and exposing exposing this issue so we can help people. And this was on Yahoo, September 15th. And this is one of their articles, and it shows <laughs> their, uh, the way the secular world sees pornography. And I quote, Porn use has increased with some sites seeing a more than 20% gain in traffic since the COVID-19 blow-up in April. This is not shocking. COVID-19 shutdowns forced many of us into our homes with nowhere to go. The high doses of anxiety, stress, and uncertainty brought on by our new normal makes sense that more people are viewing porn. Porn can be, and here it is, beneficial in moderation. Most studies have shown that men who view pornography only occasionally and with the consent of a significant other suffer no negative outcomes. But once you're sneaking around or clicking through porn sites, uh, relationship problems inevitably follow. Researchers found that men who watch porn compulsively tend to have lower self-esteem as well as trouble connecting with loved ones. And women who discover their husbands watching porn behind their backs report feeling betrayed as if they were cheated on. In other words, what the outside world is saying is porn isn't a problem until it's a problem. And they don't give us the, the line to cross um, when it becomes a problem. <laughs> and of course, if you look at the Bible, what does God's word say in Matthew 5? If a man looks at a woman to lust, he's committed adultery and, and sinned. And it's not just men. It's a two-way street. There's a lot of women struggling with this too. So what I want to do in today's show is take a look at how pornography affects those who are indulging in it. A lot of people have this idea that if you can just help me to stop looking at porn, give me a couple verses, a couple tips, I stop looking and bam, I'm good. So I want to get into showing you the depth of the bondage that people get into um, with this stuff. And it's not the same with everybody else. It depends on their background. It depends on what kind of heart issues they have, their approach to Christianity, a lot of different things. So we'll start off with how it affects them chemically. So when a man or a woman hits or binges on pornography or masturbation, what happens is their brain is flooded with dopamine, which is the uh, chemical in the pleasure center of the brain. What happens is over time, the dopamine in your brain starts getting depleted, and then over the years, depression can start to set in. So what do you think happens when you go to, let's say, an MD or a psychologist, and they hear the word depression? They'll, they'll put them on you know, anti-anxiety medication or um, antidepressants or something like that, which doesn't treat the problem. <laughs> the core issue is they're, they're jacking up their brain chemistry continually from looking at this stuff. 
And then there's a desensitization, desensitization that happens um, where the in the brain where the addictive component kicks into overdrive and the things that used to excite them no longer does. And then they want more and bigger hits. And this is how some people cross over from looking at pornography of the opposite sex, say if a man's looking at pictures of women, to same sex, which I have, we see that. We have men who come to us for help, and um, they've crossed that gender line, and they're, they're looking at homosexual images. So they're craving for more and bigger hits. And unfortunately, this is why um, you have to realize you have no idea where this stuff can take you. I've talked with men crying who have spent years in jail because lust got such a grip on them that they lost everything, their home, their freedom, all because they started with you know a little bit of porn, a little bit of lust. And then what happens is um, apathy. When your brain starts going numb, you stop caring. And the only thing that starts mattering is the next porn hit. A big part of the porn problem is shame. Shame alone is, is powerful enough to keep people from getting help. And then when you couple that shame with the fear of getting exposed, the fear of going, some, going to somebody in the church, like that wife who we talked about at the very beginning who didn't want to go to her church for help, it's the same thing with anyone who's struggling with pornography. I don't want to go to them and risk having you know them tear me apart, or um, which does happen in the church, or have them quote verses at me and and think I'm good. And and this happens all the time. What do you think happens when a man goes to some of these churches? They don't understand all the chemical and the spiritual issues that I'm going to be bringing up here. They don't understand all that. And they're, what they're going to do is say, okay, this is what God's Word says. Don't do it. Um, I'll pray for you. And when we're done, not even close. For me, one of the most miserable parts of the porn problem was the gnawing emptiness. When you engage in any kind of sin, what it does is it hollows out your heart. And then that, that emptiness is like this vacuum that makes you even more starved for something, love. I mean, at the, at the core, that's what we're starved for is love. But porn is a grace and love counterfeit. You know, you've got pictures of these people who are looking like they're having the time of their lives on screen. They're smiling and, you know, having fun. At least that's what it looks like. But I've talked with ex-porn actors and actresses, and the truth is they hate what they're doing and they're miserable. They hate the people they're doing those things with. Suicide and drug addiction and alcoholism is a big problem in the porn industry. We're starting to see more and more circumstances where porn actresses are dying in their 20s. It kills the people who are in that stuff. Um, there's often circumstances situations where before a woman does a scene that she'll just start vomiting because she knows what she's going to do is going to destroy her soul. She may not intellectually understand it, but deep down in her heart, she knows it's going to be 
one of the most vile things she's ever done. Another big problem in those porn scenes is tearing, tearing of the vagina and tearing of the rectum. So, and when that happens, the, they have to keep going and acting like they're having the time of their life. The directors don't give a rip about the people that are being destroyed in that scene. They just want the scene to go on. And this is rough stuff, but I want you to understand that this is from the demonic realm. And it's a lie, and it's fake. And so when you're watching that stuff, you're watching a demonic product that's destroying the lives of the people who are making it, and it's destroying the lives of the people who are watching it. I've seen surveys that show that more than half of all divorces now have one partner who is obsessed with pornography. One church uh, we went, we visited a while back, a big church of 4,000 members. One of the pastors told me that every single couple that comes to them for help has pornography in it. This is how big the problem is and how deep it gets a grip on them. And then um, anger, a critical heart. Once you've hollowed out your heart, it starts going rock hard. And unfortunately, what happens is the, the guy who's involved with pornography starts lashing out at his loved ones. So like the wife whose story I read at the very beginning, who's married to a senior pastor, we, we, we hear stories all the time from wives who are saying, my husband is manipulating me, he's blaming me for his addiction, he's putting me down, he's constantly tearing me apart, he's verbally abusive, and sometimes they cross the line. Because when your heart goes rock hard and cold, what you're really doing is you're giving the enemy ground in your life. And then when you spend decades hardening your heart, there's, n there's no telling what can happen. So we've seen men who've crossed boundaries that they never would have thought of. We see men who've gone from being verbally abusive to physically abusive where they beat their wives. This is what this stuff can do. And then uh, gaslighting, that is where, um, for example, the husband treats the wife like she's going nuts or insane to the point where the wife starts questioning her own sanity, meaning... You know, after the wife's heard for so many years, this is your fault, you did this, you didn't give me enough sex, and all the blaming that goes on, it, it has a profound effect on the wife's heart. She starts thinking, well, maybe this is my fault. And then, you know, they go to a church for help, and, and they hear, well, this is your fault because you're not giving enough sex, you're not submitting them to them, submitting to them. And then, and you know, this is a generalization I know. There are a lot of churches out there doing good work. But the tragedy is we hear stories all the time of a lot of churches that are wounding its people who are coming to their help with this stuff. I'm not doing this to church bash, but I want to expose the truth that we are wounding our people who are coming to us for help as a body, people who have no idea what they're talking about and have not been equipped to help people in these areas or being amateur counselors or prophets or pastors. and I mean, I've heard stories of women who went to a church and they just got, I mean, I'm not kidding you, yelled at because, you know, they just weren't falling in the line and doing the whole submission thing. 
let me tell you, when you're ripping your wife's heart out, you're way out of bounds if you're pulling that submit to me line because she has biblical, you know, authority. I don't know if the authorities are right where, but she has a biblical right to say, I'm done with this marriage because that is sexual sin, that's adultery. And so that that's the manipulation that happens. The other thing that happens is with those who are engaging in porn is exaltation of the self. The only thing that matters is the self. Pride gets magnified, double, triple, quadrupled. All that matters is the man getting what he wants, having an orgasm, having his less fix, and anybody that gets in the way of that, um, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I just know what I want. And we hear stories, and I've worked with men who've told me that um, they're having sex with their wife, and it's a real short story. It doesn't last very long, and that's because what has happened is they've trained their brain and their body to act like, it does when they're masturbating, which the whole point of masturbation is just to get to the orgasm, where in sex, it's communion between a husband and a wife. There's a physical component to sex, there's a chemical component to sex, and there's an emotional component to sex. But what less does, it just, it just totally sets aside everything about except for getting to the orgasm. And then guess who gets left hanging dry? It's the wife. So part of the healing and the recovering is recovery is restoring sex to its rightful place. Sex is a beautiful gift that is meant to be a heart-to-heart sharing of the body and the mind and the heart and the emotions in this, into this wonderful rapturous act between two people that God has put together in marriage. It gets distorted and warped and twisted when somebody's looking at porn. You know what? We hear stories of men who completely, all of a sudden, have no interest in having sex with their wives. The only thing they want now is porn, just like what that wife talked about in the article I read. It literally destroys their hunger for the right thing and gives them a star- starvation, starvation hunger for the wrong thing. So the crazy thing is um, we have to work with some of these men, and they're looking at me, like, is it okay to have sex with my wife? And I'm like, yes! Oh my gosh, now you got to start learning how to go after the woman God gave you, gave you, you know? And that's how screwed up this whole thing gets because, you know, you've got your spouse who wants to get jump in bed with you and be cared for and loved, and all you want is a stupid piece of paper or an image on a computer screen. And that's how deep this bondage goes. The um, as time goes on, the big risk with a lot of this is that the heart gets so hard that the men have shipwrecked faith. They stop believing that God is with them. They stop believing that He can forgive them of their sins. And they really, and then, and then what the enemy does, he starts pounding with, "Hey, you know, what difference does it make? You've fallen so many times. There's no hope for you." And what people leave out of this whole thing is that from the very first time a man looks at pornography, 
he's flirting with, even though it's a small measure at once, the first time, he's flirting with the demonic realm. And he's giving, he's giving Satan room to mess with his mind and mess with his emotions. So the spiritual warfare of these guys and women who go through this is intense. So the enemy is constantly trying to drive thoughts of shame and worthlessness and hopelessness into their head. You're not saved. There's no hope for you. And they lose all sight of who they are as sons of the living God. They lose sight to the fact they're given Christ's authority. All that fades, and the only thing they can hear is lies. And then when that happens, some men walk away from the faith. That's what's so dangerous about this stuff. It can literally just has the power to destroy a man's faith, destroy a woman's faith. I've heard of wives who got who let bitterness take such a grip on their heart that they walked away from the Lord. I know one woman who got so furious at God for giving a sex addict for a husband that she turned into a Buddhist. People, this is destroying lives right and left. And then uh, dipping a little bit back into the physical and chemical side, erectile dysfunction is a big problem. Doctors are now seeing that 20-year-olds are coming to them with ED, and they're scratching their head going, "What? where is this coming from? Well, um, our youth of today are seeing a lot more potent porn than, than I did back years ago when it had to be a magazine or a VHS or whatever it was. Now there's, what they're seeing is very vivid and powerful, and what's happening is their brain chemistry goes so far out of whack that this, the brain cannot send strong enough signals down to their, to their man parts, and they can't have sex. And we see that with couples, too, where they're having intimacy problems because the man has ED because he's flooded his mind with porn so much that now he can't function, and then he's got all this shame on top of it to good. So, you know, it's very, it's very difficult to rebuild your life with this stuff because what happens is um, in the couple's life, when the man is filled with shame and he approaches his wife for sex and he knows that she knows what he's been looking at, sometimes it can be very hard just to even look her in the eye. And I know that feeling from the past is just horrible. So the shame can be so crippling that it even prevents true intimacy at a heart-to-heart level. So sexless marriage, that's not uncommon with this stuff. I mean, I've, I think the most I'd ever heard was a couple who hadn't had sex for eight years. It's not uncommon common to hear couples who haven't had sex for years with this stuff. And, and it destroys the marriage. It destroys the marriage relationship. And it destroys the wife. And it, it, is, it is destroying our churches. It is destroying men and women. I hate it. I hate this stuff because we have the answer. Do you know that? We're in the church. We have Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have his power. We have his wisdom. We have so much. We have his mission, mission, which is to set captives free. We have so much to offer, and yet there are so many people who are being spiritual, going through spiritual abuse 
and a widespread stream in the church. So I want to help expose some of this so we can take a hard look at who we are and say, okay, let's deal with this. Let's walk our people through to healing. And it's not all pastors' faults. I don't want you to start blaming pastors or people. Part of the problem is we're not equipping pastors on how to help people. We're not equipping counselors on how to help them. So that's part of what we do, and I've done pastors' training conferences. I've I've done other conferences. So, you know, if you want to have me, have us at your church, we'll put on a conference, and there's the books I've written. We have a lot of resources. And this is one of the biggest problems we have in the church right now, and we have so much to offer. So what I want to say is, people, let's, Let's start making a difference. Let's stop being afraid to talk about sex. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, in the next show, we're going to be talking about my new book, The Rogue Christian. So thanks for listening, and i look forward to talking with you later. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.